0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Our gospel lesson today was short and I want to provide some context for it. Uh, In the preceding verses we see that John the baptizer had been imprisoned by Herod. We see that Jesus was preaching in Chorazin and Bethsaida and Capernaum and that his preaching had been largely rejected. Jewish cities in which he had performed his mightiest works nevertheless rejected him. Thus, the very mission of Jesus, the person and work of Jesus, naturally would come into question. Is God really at work in Jesus? After all, these cities are rejecting him. And so he answers that question in our text that we read today, And he answers it with a prayer that he gives. He says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. These things, as he refers to them, are the works of Jesus, and their significance is hidden from the wise. Who are the wise, you might ask? Well, in that day, the wise were the special elite teachers of the law, the scribes and the Pharisees. They were wise and understanding, and they alone were equipped to teach others. In our day, uh, the wise and understanding likewise would be those who presume self righteousness, that is, a righteousness before God that they obtain by virtue of their own godliness, by their keeping of the law. Perhaps they obtain this righteousness in their minds, this self-righteousness, by their esteem among other men. They get a reputation for being a great teacher and that builds them up and they feel a sense of righteousness out of that. But as Paul warned the Corinthians, knowledge puffs up. Scribes and Pharisees were apparently rather impressed with themselves and with their special understanding of the Torah. And they believed that they were the true purveyors of God's law. And they found their peace and comfort in their ability to teach the law and to keep the law, diligently and carefully keep the law. Always doing the right things, washing their hands ceremonially before they eat. You know, think about the things that Jesus came under fire for. And Jesus said, So if your neighbor's ox falls into a ditch, you're not going to get in to help it out because it's the Sabbath? That's not really a keeping of the law, but it is a fastidious and careful attention to the law. As though the law is the means by which God is going to strike you with lightning when any moment you transgress it. That's what the law was given for. Us. So we have to be very careful to keep it very carefully. That's what a life of law keeping looks like. We know uh, if if we want to consider that in our own day, what does a life of law keeping look like? We can look at the Decalogue. The Ten Commandments, which Jesus summarized thus. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, it seems simple enough. Is that all I have to do, Jesus? Except, do you love the Lord God with all your heart? Every time you choose something you ought not, you've violated the first commandment. Every time you put something else before God, you have violated the first commandment. Every time you put your trust in something other than God, you have violated the first commandment. We can run down the list that Martin Luther gave us. If you want, you can turn to page 326 in your hymnal, and you'll see the section of the small catechism, where it addresses confession and how we confess. And the question that Dr. Luther asks and answers is, which are these sins that we should confess? Teaching, you know, in other words, teaching people how to confess their sins, the question usually comes up, okay, well, what sins do I confess? Well, here's the answer. Consider your place in life according to the Ten Commandments. Are you a father, mother, son, daughter, husband, wife, or worker? Have you been disobedient, unfaithful, or lazy? Have you been hot-tempered, rude, or quarrelsome? Have you hurt someone by your words or deeds? Have you stolen, been negligent, wasted anything, or done any harm? Well, you and I know that the answer to these questions is, yeah, we sure have. And this is where the yoke of the law becomes heavy laden and truly a burden to carry this around, this yoke of constantly trying to do the struggle of trying to keep the law of God because we know it's right. We know that his law is good and wise. If eternal life is obtained by your fastidious keeping of the law, your careful and diligent keeping of the law, then this indeed becomes even more of a burden. Because you fail each day. That's the problem. You fail every day. You fail every hour. You fail every minute to keep his law perfectly. You you fail every second. There's not a moment of the day that we don't fail to keep his law perfectly. Perfectly. And the only way that you could succeed in keeping the law, I'll say succeed with air quotes, is by delusion. Some people delude themselves in the keeping, thinking they've kept the law. Think of the rich young man who said to Jesus, when he said, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus said, well, you asked a law question, I'll give you a law answer. What you must do to be saved is you must just keep the, the law perfectly. And what was his answer? Oh, all this I've done. I've done all this from my youth. And Jesus said, you lack one thing, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Then you'll have treasures in heaven. Is that because by keeping the law, he would be saved? No, what Jesus was showing him is, you ask a question based on the law, I give you an answer based on the law, which is by the law, it is a heavy yoke under which you will be crushed. It's not a yoke you can carry because you can't carry it perfectly. And then... You know, does that mean we don't keep the law at all? No, Uh, the way that we truly keep the law is by faith, through which God can and does make the worst sin that we commit a success. It's a failure on our part, but it's a success on God's part, because through sin, through our failure to keep his law, comes the knowledge of sin, And through the knowledge of sin comes the need for a yoke that I actually can carry. It comes the need for a savior. So we actually see our need only in the midst of our sin. Does this mean that you should go sinning that grace may abound? Because Paul has specifically answered that, said, no, that's not what I'm saying. You don't go on sinning so that grace may abound. But at the same time, you do go on sinning. Because in spite of your best efforts, in spite of the ongoing struggle that you have with your sinful flesh, you cannot keep the law perfectly. You have the sin that natural man is born with, the sin that you inherited from Adam, all of our fathers. I mean, all of Adam is the father of all of us, and we have inherited that sin. And that sin affects us. You know, the the way it's been expressed well is I don't, I'm not a sinner because I sin. I sin because I'm a sinner. Okay, that's, so what can be said to such a wretch who just goes on through life sinning in spite of their best efforts, in spite of their being taught the law, in spite of them being taught right from wrong, Sometimes they just do what's wrong. And what can be said to such a wretch as as that person, as each of you and I are? Such a person who cannot escape their sin. Such a person who can't keep the law perfectly. And the answer is what can be said is exactly what Jesus Christ himself said in our lesson today. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The yoke of Jesus is light and that's not because the law is not demanding or that the law is unimportant. It's because Jesus has fulfilled the law perfectly in your place. He has taken upon himself all of your sin. He is the savior of the world and he invites all people to come unto him and receive rest for their souls. Think about this invitation to take upon, uh, take upon yourself this light yoke as the most universal, broadest invitation that has ever been made because God in Christ makes this invitation to you and to all people to the ends of the earth for all time. The invitation is there. Lay aside works righteousness. Lay aside the burden and toil of trying to earn your way into heaven and receive the, the yoke of Christ, which is which is yours by faith and trust in him and the work that he has done for you. Jesus invites you to remember your baptism, to remember that in baptism, your sins have been washed away. You've been claimed as a beloved child of God, our father. Jesus invites you to come to the sacrament to receive his very body and blood For the forgiveness of your sins. I mean, perhaps nothing could so clearly show us that we are not going to earn righteousness by keeping of the law. than Jesus himself saying, receive this gift in the sacrament for the forgiveness of your sins. Wow, it's like Jesus knew that I would struggle with sin my whole life. Well, he did. And he is the answer to that. All of you who are weary from struggling day after day to keep the law, come to Jesus Christ and find rest in him. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.